This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello, welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, Robin's Review. It's a point on the road, a wet and windy affair up north, Tommy back scoring, Andy back assisting, but still the chink in the armour of the unforced error and the thought of we should have got the three points. Lee's three words were grim up north, and Matt, you can attest to that statement. I can, hello mate. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the conditions patch were just dreadful. Um, it, it was funny, I... I, I, I went with um, my friend Andy, who, as you know, lives in Wigan. Um, and a couple of times during the game, we were sort of commenting on the miscontrol or, but then when we walked out and the wind was swirling and the rain, you kind of got a real impression, you know, you could see exactly what they were up against. So to play some of the football that, that we did in particular in those conditions was, was pretty exceptional, but yeah, it was, uh, it was as cold and as wet as you can possibly get, and then travelling back across um, the M61 to to um, Wigan was yeah a bit hairy, scary with uh, <laughs> surface water and wagons kind of being blown side to side. So yeah, it was uh, it wasn't a, a pleasant uh, a pleasant afternoon, as to say. Be said. Yeah. So your thoughts on the game in general, though, Matt? Uh, there there were, as there have been in every game so far, improvements in places, but it's still those. So it's sort of careless passes and individual errors that seem to be haunting us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's still a very much a, a work in progress. Um, and I know that that a number of fans don't like to hear that, but it was always going to be with a new manager with a different idea of the way to play football coming in. Um, but it was another game where we we dominated the ball, created numerous opportunities. Um, and I think it's that that sort of old adage patch that you, you kind of focus on the result and not necessarily on what went before it. And if we take a fraction of the really good chances we had, we probably win that game by two or three. Mm. And then everybody's talking about Liam Manning and the football we're playing being, you know, exceptional. So, you know, I think... I keep saying it. We just got to keep our, our feet on the ground, realize that it is going to be a bit of a work in progress, and let's just see where we end up this season and and the style of play we were starting to watch. But I've enjoyed pretty much every game, QPR with probably the exception. But even yesterday, and and don't get me wrong, Huddersfield were a poor team, mm. um, and we should have won the game. And as you say, it was down to another individual poor error really that cost us, which you can't you can't blame the manager for that. But um yeah, I'm 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 quite excited about the future under Liam Manning. And it was interesting listening to Tommy Conway after the game saying pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I as I say, it you know, not not great conditions. Huddersfield weren't a very good side, but we we dominated the ball and should have come away with with all three points. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Last week's podcast, we uh, talked about a, a lad called Todd from America, and I didn't expect to have quite such a quick turnaround when I said he'll be on the podcast soon, but here he is. Todd, come <laughs> in, sir. Hello, everyone. Calling in all the way from South Carolina. We've had Australia on the podcast. We've had New Zealand on the podcast, South Africa. We've had America, but yep. uh, not South Carolina. So uh, 
I told the story about how you became a Bristol City fan on the podcast last week, but for those who weren't aware, how the hell did you become a Bristol City fan? It's quite a story. Well, it's as you mentioned in the podcast last week, it's a little bit convoluted. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just over the past few years, just been getting really interested in learning about my heritage, my genealogy, and uh, you know, uh, this French ancestor um, happens to be the the one that I'm able to track furthest back. Um, and it was uh, during the 1600s, um, during that period of you know, French Protestantism and, and Catholicism. And so my belief is that he, uh, he and his parents were refugees, uh, fled to England in the Edvin Loach area, uh, north of Bromyard. Um, and then two years later, boarded a ship in Bristol to head to Virginia uh, to uh, work as an indentured servant. Why? And and then uh, the generations after that uh, trickled down into North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and I currently live in South Carolina. What a story. Uh, so Bristol City, that's the reason. Have you always been interested in football? Right. I, I don't know if I could follow the teams that most Americans would follow, your Arsenals and Chelsea's <laughs> of the world. So for me, I need a little bit more meat on the bones and a little bit more of a reason to 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 have to care about it. Yeah. And so uh Bristol City really resonated with me. Um it 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 seems like a, a fun city and seems like a great club all around. And when I compare it to American soccer, uh it just seems more developed, um uh more quality. Um, steeped in history as well. It, massive history and so it, it just seems to be a, a more fun and entertaining uh brand of football to watch so when did you first watch a bristol city match when did you when did this journey start for you well it's been off and on for the past few years i, I kind of started following under lee johnson uh would follow a little bit under holden off and on um got a little bit more interested under nigel um and just, you know, kept having that belief and that hope, you know, hey, we're a mid-table team, could maybe climb the ranks uh, at some point. I was hoping Nigel could get them there. Um, have a lot of hope that uh, Liam Manning can get them there as well now. Mm. Um, and I think being in America, it's kind of hard to find access to watching matches. Mm. So... Thankfully, the club appears to operate their own mobile app, proprietary app, which is great because a lot of your your uh, championship and below clubs, they'll use the iFollow app, which there's a paywall there. So mm. it's a little, it's, it's, it's what I would call a third party venture, but with the with uh, with with the Bristol City having their own app, uh, it just seems like why not it's it's a good way for them to control the content um and instead of leaving all um or i guess taking away highlights and matches as they progress they can leave older matches on there as long as they want to so i think that app has been essential to me being able to watch i've considered uh purchasing the 
the uh, the the match Robin's, pass, Robin's TV. Right, the the annual pass. Um, so hopefully I can do that in the future. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because those time the get game time three o'clock on a Saturday is you know quite a nice time for to watch in America because you can sort of watch it whilst you're getting up and having your breakfast. <laughs> right, right, right. We're only five hours behind. Okay. Right. So, yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Matt, uh, quite remarkable what uh, Robin's TV, the internet, uh, Bristol City's app, as Todd's saying there, has done for a, developing that global following. Absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, there, there's been a an upturn in, in what America want to do with its own sort of US soccer. Um, and, you know, I think a number of clubs... Um, have visited the United States to to try and improve their brand, and and obviously we're we're one of those as well. Um, so now it's, it's it's great, isn't it? And great to hear Todd's story and to have fans that you know are from around the world that that haven't actually grown up in Bristol and moved away. So you know, getting new fans like Todd is is great. Um, it's a, a long, depressing life, though. Todd is a Bristol City fan. Well, yeah, you said your story was a little bit boring, and you needed to come up with a little bit better story there. Exactly, yeah. It's literally, yeah, my dad, my dad, my dad's dad. And, uh, yeah, so, but it's, uh, yeah, it's it's in your blood and travelling, uh, whatever, I think it was. One of the, the ground yesterday, Patch, was one of those that puts the, the note up to say, thanks for travelling oh, right. the distance. Yeah. So, yeah, it was four, 444 miles round trip yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Um, Quite so a and then wow. In those conditions. <laughs> similar, And then a similar trip away, Todd, we've got on Tuesday to Blackburn, which is a similar kind of area of the country, slight, slightly different, right. or Lancashire compared to East Yorkshire, but, uh, or yeah. West Yorkshire, I should say. But uh, yeah, so we've we've the fixture computer uh, gave us that one as well. So I'll be uh, travelling back up there on Tuesday. Brilliant! Oh, great stuff. Well, let's get into the game then, Todd. So you've watched the whole game. Um, so we'll we'll walk through the the game up at Huddersfield. Before we do, actually, admin wise, it's a happy 60th birthday to Mark Gavin and also Rob Newman turned 60 on Wednesday this week, Matt. So uh, two players from the. 80s and early 90s there to uh both both add added I mean, a lot to Bristol City and all Rob, New- Rob yeah. Newman's in the 400 club as well. Yeah, I mean Rob Rob Newman's absolutely a legend in me. Um coming in at a time when you know 82 when we were right in the doldrums in being a youngster that that then helped take the club forward. Um and Mark Gavin's up there within one of my favorite players. It was at a time when I was you know, in, in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, um, really, really into it. And Mark Gavin was just one of those tricky players, wasn't he? I always remember there was a, a song that was parodied on, um, I don't know if it was GWR, but it was the Madonna one, Vogue. All right. um, and they used to sing Mark Gavin Walks on Air is one of the lines within it. So, <laughs> yeah, I always remember that. But, yeah. yeah, great great couple of players. Very exciting player. And Rob Newman, 487 appearances. He left in 1991 and went yeah. on to play for Norwich in the Premier League. Yeah, and, and Europe. And in Europe as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, and obviously now... Um, we'll be, we'll be know, seeing him in January. Stellar <laughs> career is, uh, yeah, West Ham. So, no, and... and a thoroughly lovely bloke. Again, I've bored people yeah. plenty of times on this podcast, but came to my 18th birthday party due to family, friends, connections. Um, so, yeah, just a really, really nice guy. Yeah, fantastic. Right. To the team news then. So uh, we had a couple of changes. Uh, Campering and Taylor Gardner Hickman coming out. Uh, Joe Williams and um, Sam Bell coming in. So the lineup, how they were going to line up was 
I'm, I, quite a lot of talk going on um, in forums and WhatsApp groups and on the radio, and no one quite could could get it worked out. But it seemed to be three four three. It seemed to be Max in goal, Tanner, Viner, and Dickey across the back. Sykes from right to left. Sykes, Williams, James, and Knight, and then Vyman, Conway, and Bell. So three four three, Matt. A change in formation. Your thoughts on that when you saw it? Like you said, a lot of confusion beforehand. A little bit of what on earth is he doing playing Mark Sykes at left back? Because that was the kind of feeling that that was the the way it was going to go. And then immediately Sykes, he sort of went out to the right-hand side in, in the, the warm-up, in the, the lineups. So he realised he was then going to three. Um, I guess my my overriding kind of takeaway from it was, I think that's probably the third formation that Liam Manning started with in a game. And I like that. Mm. I like the fact that he's looking at what he's got available, looking at the opposition, and then picking a formation, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of suit that. Um, and actually, I think he got it spot on. I really do. I think the way we started and the way the players played generally got it spot on. Um, and I also think it maybe was a little bit of a kick out the backside to Cam Pring saying, you know, you've got to really put it in. Um, probably the what the one question might that fans were having was around Andy Vyman again starting and had Andy done enough to warrant sort of starting. But I think, again, you know, he, he showed yesterday with a number of things that he did, the captaincy, you know, and he's not, let me be clear, he's not being picked just because he's captain. Um, but yeah, I, I think Liam Manning got his spot on patch. I've been saying, Todd, um, for several games that Conway needs someone up front with him and this formation gave him that. It also gave Andy Vyman a chance to show, you know, it's his natural position. He's more natural going forward than worrying about coming back in defence, etc. Um, so for me, this was the, the correct team selection. What are your thoughts? I think a lot of thought typically with Vyman is maybe having him kind of at a, in a center forward role uh, behind the striker. Um, rather than out wide, but I did like him in this role in this game. Um, uh, with the formation being three in the back, it was a little bit uh, different than what has been used lately. Uh, but um, I think he is trying different things. I think there will be more stability soon when you get McCrory back in the role uh, and then eventually uh, Atkinson as well. Um, I think there, that will give him a little bit more to work with in the back. Uh, I do worry a little bit with uh, with with the defense, with uh, penetration of the other teams at times, because it seems like while they don't get too many chances, the chances are quality. And uh, oftentimes it's a fast break one-on-one with the, the keeper. So, of course, there's always something to shore up there. But when you're talking about the offense with Conway getting his chance to, you know, shine um, and and get retribution and and get that goal uh, that we all want him to have, I think it's it's uh, outstanding. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the minutes of the game, uh, I think I with the with the excitement of the story of uh, Todd's supporting of Bristol City, we skipped our talk club check-in. So let's just go back around. Um, uh, Matt, you were you were in quite a disarray last podcast with your chest infection. How, how are you now? <laughs> Still sort of carrying it a little bit, but um, and a, a, a wet and windy Huddersfield doesn't help. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably a good seven, mate. Um, always nice to spend time with with, with friends up north. And Andy and Rachel, their, their daughter Poppy, so that's always good. 
Um, and as I say, I enjoyed the game. Um, interestingly, Huddersfield had exactly the same thing at, with Andy's men's club um, that, that they were talking about before the game. So great to see that, you know, there are clubs that are following suit as well as, you know, with, with, with the great work that the, the guys from Talk Club are doing. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably a good seven, mate. Is it's uh, Sunday evening and I've got work tomorrow. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. Seven's a good one for me as well. Uh, Sunday roast today always always helps. Um, I had spent a bit of time at a garden center today, which is all all Christmassy. Gets you in the spirit, and the kids had a great time. So yeah, Sunday Sunday evening, uh, seven out of ten for me. Todd, your talk club check in. How are you out of ten, sir? Uh, I I can go with an eight for today. Ooh, good. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's a result against uh, a lower table team, but. Um, we've got some uh, teams that are above us coming up this week that it would be nice to steal one or two of those. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's raining here uh, off and on, but nothing quite like what you experienced yesterday. Uh, yeah. And you've still got sure. you've still got your whole day ahead of you as well, which is great. Um, right. right. Let's get into the minutes then. First minute explosive start ends in Huddersfield, almost putting the ball into their own net after night feeds Sykes. And he can't get the ball out of his feet, but uh, the defender almost, as I say, puts it in his own net. That was good movement. And then straight after that, Conway was in after Vyman finds him. Um, and Tommy, right-footed with power, but saved. Matt, there was a really good start, wasn't it, in terms of getting out Huddersfield. We've seen these early starts um, before, and you just think we need to take our chances. But uh, yeah, either way, it's good to see us getting, in, getting up there, up into trouble Huddersfield straight away. It, it was, and it was a, a constant theme in that first half, Sykes and, and, and Knight, the way that they were linked to get, linking together and the, the ball being played in behind the defender. Um, it was just one of those, you, you, you called it, that Sykes he just couldn't get it out of his feet mm. and was almost kind of stumbling over the ball to be able to then get a, a decent connection. Um, and then with Tommy's effort straight afterwards, ironically, we were talking about the goalkeeper um, in the warm-up because he he didn't look the biggest of goalkeepers um, and and Andy was sort of saying that you know they might struggle with with these conditions and you know put put the ball up high kind of thing and he, he actually played really really well made a number of really good saves and, and that one from Tommy was uh, was a really good block yeah but yeah. it was a, a really fast positive start and again getting the ball down and playing the ball yeah, and Tommy would have took, taken a lot from that, getting that shot away with yeah. power. Obviously, yeah. keeper saves. Tenth uh, minute, Todd. Uh, Williams whips a lovely free kick into the box, wide on the right-hand side, but Dickey can't get his header on target. Two things there. Um, without Taylor Gardner-Hickman, we needed a set-piece delivery, which Williams in the main provided in his absence. And also, it's great to have a player like uh, like Dickey to, tar- to target as well with those free kicks. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you need height in the box, that's for sure. Uh, and uh, it was it was good to see uh, Joe Williams back in the lineup today. And so, yeah, I think if we can just keep doing things like that, creating chances, getting forward with the ball, even on set pieces like that, then I think uh, they'll be in good standing moving forward. Yeah, Matt, Joe had a, lo- a lot to to prove, a lot to uh, to show in his performance yesterday. And he fed Sykes into the box uh, a few minutes after that. And yeah, he, he was just, he just was up for it, wasn't he, Joe, yesterday? Yeah, he was. Um, he, he was, he was d- determined. I think, um, I don't think he got booked in the end. 
um, but he was walking the tightrope a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and I, I know Northern Tom, who was was sat with us, um, he actually stuck some money on Williams getting a booking because he felt sure in those conditions that <laughs> it was nailed on. But um, Joe's got a point to prove. He's out of contract in the summer, a new manager coming in, getting his fitness back. He he obviously wants to, to make sure that he, he sort of secures himself a new deal sort of for next summer. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he continues to play. I don't think anyone can question Joe Williams' character. He now needs to start turning it into consistent performances on the pitch. Um, and and included within that will be assists and goals as well, because we don't see enough of that from Joe. Yeah, Matt, as you say, point to prove. Matty James, Joe Williams, Andy Vyman all starting yesterday, all yep. with a point to prove, all playing for contract. So it's... Uh, it's it should be given them all they need to to put in a a shift and and absolutely they did uh, th- into the fifteenth minute it's Knight putting Sykes in again another great run from Sykes he lashes it across goal and it just evades Conway Todd but um, Sykes was was flying and he's he's putting it across goal there and just unfortunate that no one was on the end of it. Yeah, we know that Sykes can move forward. We know that he can add width to the offensive end. Um, I I do wonder, you know, how he can do that across 90 minutes uh, coming from that fullback position. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it just seems like a lot of distance, uh, but yeah, I, I think when he's on the offensive end, no, no doubt you, you, you know that he can be involved in a, in a positive way. Matt, how did you see it yesterday? Todd saying that about uh, you know in a from a fullback position, even though we were three four three, there would have been a lot of expectation on Sykes to be covering backward as well. Definitely, yeah. So um, both him and and Sam Bell and obviously Knighty as well, but but we're having to drop back in cover. Um, I think at times George Tannen was maybe a little bit exposed, and I certainly agree with what Todd's saying. I think that's part of the reason why. Probably surprisingly, when it happened, that Sykes was taken off. But I think that 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 was the reasoning behind it was, um, you know, the the, the energy levels and things. Um, but yeah, you've got it's a really really difficult job to play in that that wide role because you are having to cover back. Mm. And Huddersfield had some pretty quick wide players, so in much the same way as last week with 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 Norwich. Um, so yeah, and Sykes has been asked to do a lot in the last couple of months play virtually everywhere but his mind is always on getting forward surely has to be yeah it is and that that's why we were a little bit beforehand sort of thinking that if you were playing him um left back is what we thought was going to happen that you were you were not using him in his his, his best sort of position and certainly those opening um exchanges in that first 20 minutes he probably could have had a couple of goals himself and a couple of assists mm. um just a little bit of composure maybe lacking um, when he got put through. But, you know, that was right in front of us because they unusually, and I, I don't know if you've, if you've um, been to Huddersfield patch, but um, the away end, normally you have the um, away team kicking towards it in the second half. But Huddersfield has switched it around. This first time I've seen it since I've been going there. So even in the warm-up, they were warming up at the away end and the us, the Bristol city were at the far end. Mm. And that's the way they sort of started the game was us kicking towards us. So those, those opportunities we could see quite clearly because it was in front of us. Um, also shout out to Adriano Basso as well. He's Huddersfield's goalkeeping coach now under Darren Moore. 
um oh he went with game. him from Sheffield yeah Wednesday. yeah 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 um and obviously gave uh gave a good sort of you know hello to the, the Bristol City fans who were giving him his chant but yeah Sykes he looked a threat but just as I say just like that little bit of composure 17th minute more pressure Andy Vyman earning a corner and then Dickey <laughs> it falls to Dickey eventually and he shoots from the left and earns another corner. So, you know, Dickey comes forward for corners, as we know, but we don't often see him having opportunities on the left-hand side of the 18-yard box, Todd. That's exactly what I was thinking. Why is this defensive line practically in the other box? <laughs> uh, that was a surprise. So it, it was good to see at least a little bit of involvement there. It's, it's like, wait a second, this isn't a set piece. This is actually, you know, game flow going He's determined so, to get get the ball forward. I think he's he's exactly. he's attacking minded as well. Twentieth exactly. um, minute, Max has a nervy nervy moment as he tries to chip Danny Ward and doesn't execute it as he would have wished. Matt, that's uh, that was something where he's obviously just trying to chip it over the top. And if you're going to do that, you've got to make it happen. I thought it was a bit casual, Patch. I've got to be honest, um, and I know it was at the far end, but. It it wasn't like Danny Ward had, had come from nowhere and surprised him. Um, it it just felt a little bit casual, and and I think, especially in those almost, conditions as well. Yeah, almost contributed to kind of what happened afterwards as well. But um, I was disappointed with 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 Max a little bit yesterday in terms of his distribution. That wasn't an, an element of it, but a number of times he went long and straight. And Tommy was never going to win the, the ball against the players that he was up against. So I was just a little bit surprised that it was kind of, he was sending the ball high as opposed to kind of keeping it flat to give Tommy some sort of chance. But yeah, that that moment, it, it was a, a bit of a casual moment and, and actually gave Huddersfield something to cheer about when they'd not just not been in the game. Um, someone had put in our chat about one of their mates saying that we should have been three or four nil up within those 20 minutes. And it, you know, it really wouldn't have flattered us. We were that dominant. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And as you say, they had something to cheer about in three minutes later for sure. Uh, but just before that, it was Bell with some great work on the left and neat one, two with Andy Vyman feeds Matty James who shoots on target. His shot is blocked and goes out for a corner. And it's from that corner that it comes out to Tanner. Tanner loses out to Kazumu after trying to cross and he drives forward and Bergzong scores. Uh, it's a, it was a, that's the unforced error that I was talking about Todd at the very beginning is George Tanner taking too long to get the ball back into the box and he's dispossessed. And to be fair, there was some pace there, uh, but Tanner really should have been thinking, I'm going to take this man out and get a yellow card. Yeah, I think that was a good lesson. Um, I think he's, he's, he's taken that to the gut a little bit. And uh, you can tell what he was trying to do. He was trying to to lift it over and trying to be maybe a little fancy with it rather than uh, uh, looking to his side. But yeah, I think he'll just, uh, he'll take it, uh, run with it and learn from it. Yeah, Matt Tanner was furious with himself. He kicked the ball back into the net when it was in the net, but um, he's got, he's got to learn from that. And I, I don't know if anyone was shouting to him to take him out. But it's it's in, in that position that, that you know it's the Barry Bannon kind of thing from a few weeks back, wasn't it? It it's it's one of those that I think he had to make the decision early if he was going to try and take one for the team mm. because clearly um, Kazimu had the the legs on him. But when he allowed him to stride forward, there was then always the risk of would the ref Andy Davis um, nice man 
who hasn't always been the greatest ref in, in our experience, would he then make a, a decision and give it a red card? So um, I think he should have taken one for the team and pulled a shirt sort of really early in that move. Yeah. In terms of what he tried to do, is, as, as Todd said, I think he was he was trying to be a little bit too precise and trying to sort of send a nice curled ball potentially to the back post for, for Dickey. Um, but it was just so telegraphed, his body shape and the way that he did it. And, and it wasn't even that difficult for Casemiro to sort of block the ball, really. And, and then with that, understandably, because all of our defenders were up, they they broke on us. And I think the last man along with Tanner was was Matty James who'd raced back. Yeah, Matt James um, was back and uh, Sykesy was, uh, was racing back as well. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm not I'm not apportioning blame to Max O'Leary, but at the time, and then when I've looked it back, I just felt that as the ball came across, Max could have been a little bit quicker, and could have made himself look bigger than he did. Um, but in fairness, good good finish. And as I say, I'm not I'm not blaming Max. I just wonder if he could have done a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, and but Tanner, I worried then about Tanner because because you could clearly see his head had dropped. And I, I don't think he's been confident for a number of weeks, to be fair. And is there a little bit now McCrory's back on the, the grass that he's feeling the pressure himself? In, well, that, that should, if anything, that should be picking, just, up, picking him up. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. He should do. But I don't know if he's having the adverse effect on him. So, mm, interesting. but like, like Liam, Liam Manning says, I mean, that, those, that goal, the, the own goal against Norwich, Zach Viner's goal, the two goals against Middlesbrough, they're just down to poor mistakes. Yeah. And I know you can trace lots of goals back to individual errors, but, but not that many in recent no, times. We just seem to be being punished for such a yeah, you know, a, a, a needless mistake more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And when you play against decent teams, you know, if you get any anywhere near the Premier League, those those mistakes will get punished every, yeah. every time. Absolutely. Uh, 37th minute, Sykes on the right, fires it across and it's deflected and almost evades the keeper, but he makes a good save. I think this one, Matt, was a, a, a speculative, well, it was a cross from Sykes that got deflected and it almost went in under the bar with a bit of wind. Yes, yeah, yeah, keeper made a good save. Yeah, 43rd minute, chance for Conway after a good ball from Williams. Tommy opts to stay on his right foot and hits the side net in, Todd. This one was one where Tommy had a couple of options there. He, he's gone right, he's gone wider, and he's he's shot and he's hit the side net in. But obviously, looking it back, if he comes inside, maybe he's got a better opportunity to hit it with his left, which he's equally good at. I agree with all of that. Yeah, you know he can cut back into the center. Uh, when he wants to, and and uh, he he felt like he had the pace and the timing to to go short side, and uh, that was one of those where uh, gets you out of your seat a little bit, ready to uh, uh, ready to cheer that one on. Yeah, Matt Tommy gets us out of his seat every time he gets the ball and heads forward. Um, but that one, you are you with me? Should be cutting inside and shooting with his left. Yeah, I think Tommy himself will 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 think that if he looks back at it. Um... Huddersfield, as, as big as they were, they weren't the quickest on the ground, um, and and we we were really exposing them. And I I did just feel with Tommy, whether and I've, I've not watched that chance back. Whether his first touch kind of takes him a little bit too wide, and that really narrows the angle. Um, you know, if it's if it's a bit more central, then maybe keep it on your right. But we know he can he can score with both feet. So 
Um, I think, yeah, if he had his time over, he would bring it inside and hit it with his left. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Yeah. Okay. Take a deep breath. Halftime summary from Rob. An entertaining half, but you'd have to say pretty undeservedly behind at the break. A very positive team selection and formation, which has seen our attacking players look more of a threat again. However, it's almost a case of robbing Peter to pay Paul, as ultimately it cost us for their goal. Looks like a stretch three at the back with further defensive width out of possession from normal from nominal wing-backs of Sykes and Bell, but others empowered to try and fill any gaps too. It definitely shows attacking intent, and largely we played some much better front-foot-passing football, counting ourselves a little unlucky not to have profited. A little better decisioning where it counts and a kinder run of the ball, and we could have had a few goals. However, it's a fairly high-risk game plan, which leaves us vulnerable to the counter, particularly though an unforced area, as illustrated by the goal. An ambitious crossfield pass from Tanner was blocked and immediately they took advantage to execute the two versus one overload presented. It's an enjoyable watch, but imperative we keep the back door shut and cash in when on top. Harsh and obvious lessons, but it's the reality with this approach. Let's hope we can turn things around in the second half. So 46 minute Todd, it's Dickie puts puts out uh, puts a perfectly weighted pass to Andy Vyman. Andy Vyman is in his stride. He puts it across first time to Tommy Conway and he slots it home. And that was fantastic for Tommy, for Andy, and for Rob. Yeah, I think you couldn't draw anything up better than that. Um not just once, but twice on the same play. And uh yeah, uh, in the conditions that they were in, uh, one false step could send one sliding. So I think that was good body control, good vision to to look up, see Conway coming, and uh, and put it across the center, and and uh, and also a good one touch by Conway to uh, to uh, make a decision to send it to the right of the keeper and uh, and with some pace. Yeah, Matt, three excellent passes in that move. Dickie Feynman and Conway. Yeah, and, and and Todd spot on in terms of the, the the pace and the fact that in those conditions to be able to play the three passes like they did. Oh, sorry, the, the shot, I suppose, the last one. But I was um, counting that as a pass as well. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> well, he did he passed it into the net, didn't he, to be fair? But yeah, yeah, I mean, really good ball by Dickie. Um, and I think he had the most pass completion from anybody yesterday. Um, and you could see that he, he he brought the ball out really really well, um, and in that move to 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 play it as he did into Andy Vyman, who I've been critical of, and I know he's 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 had a lot of criticism, you know, on the forums and stuff, but he, he makes a lot of very good runs still, and isn't being fanged. And again, we kind of don't recognize that and you kind of talk about oh he's not in the game but actually he should be in the game because he should be receiving the ball as he did with that one and then he can show what he can do and his his instincts as a striker knew the sort of ball to play in for Tommy to be able to come onto it at pace put it you know under the keeper as such um and and you know get his confidence but I will say I mean you know I, I 
it, it absolutely is about opinions, as I keep saying on this podcast. But there's a lad behind me, that is Tommy Scores. And he, he he then looked at it because his mate had sent him it again, like like we have in our group. And he said, Oh, he's lucky there. He got away with one there with that finish. Um, could easily have missed it. And and I just sort of said to him, Christ Almighty, even when we score, you're <laughs> trying to find something negative to look at. Um, it was a great move and a great finish. If Tommy doesn't put the pace on it, the keeper probably does save it, but it's the pace that beats the keeper. So it doesn't matter that it's down, you know, close to him. Um, so no, good, good finish and just what we needed. Numerous City fans still out finishing their drinks um, yeah. and coming back from the toilet. So they they missed it. It, it was that electrical start. And I guess the other thing to say, Patch, is Liam Manning had them out a couple of minutes before Huddersfield came back out. Mm. Um, and we were talking, is that a good idea in these conditions? You know, getting cold in with the rain. But clearly, he'd, he'd I don't think he's the sort that would, would, would go into them. But he clearly gave gave them some instructions and wanted them to go out and be ready to go right from the off. And, and that was clearly what happened. Get their engine started. Yeah, no, yeah. fantastic. That'll do a lot for Andy and for Tommy, that goal. Uh, 51st minute, a short corner routine from Williams to Conway finds its way to Sykes and he shoots just over. Good to see a bit of variation in the corners, Todd. Yeah, I think you have to do that in order to... Uh, uh, get the keeper off a little bit. Um, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Yeah, I, I, I think the uh, the there were something around 14 shots uh, in this match, which, you know, that's that's pretty good. I, I think it was almost 50-50 being, uh, you know, uh, I would say short shots versus outside of the box. Um, so I think if we can get a few more shots inside the box and get a few more on target, yeah, I think – they're they're getting the chances to get those shots, which is which is great. We just have to finish. I don't know if that means we should look ahead to the transfer window. Uh, maybe get somebody uh, on the offensive end to help Conway out. Maybe save Sykes a little bit. But um, all in all, I think offensively, it's it, it seems to be clicking for the most part. Just a little bit disappointed in 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 getting the goals. We you need to beat the teams that are in the bottom of the table, and then you want to be able to steal some from the top of the table as well. So, yeah, yeah. I think we're on the right track. It just takes some time. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see shots from distance. And, you know, Taylor Gardner-Hickman's shot the other day, Matt, at home was obviously fantastic, but we rarely do do have that much success from outside of the box. Sykes had a go there. It was dipping. To your statistics, uh, Todd, it was 15 shots for City to six from Huddersfield. Um, and four on target for for us, and and two on target for them. But uh, but Matt, it's it is great to see these shots these shots coming in. But that corner routine was a little bit different. Dicky was in the box, so it wouldn't have been expected. Tommy comes short, and uh, Sykes is there. So obviously something they've worked on. Yeah, and you know we we've we've been hit numerous games, and it's a chant you know I hate, but you know we've had a shot, we've had a shot. Um, and we've been at numerous games where we have only had one or two, three shots during the whole game. Um, so again, recognise what we're trying to do and it's an improvement that we're seeing. Now, what amazed me yesterday, Patch and Todd, was in those conditions, whenever I played, I used to love those conditions because you would just try and zip them along the ground. I, I don't think I can record a single shot where we did that. 
at the keeper. So we might have from a, a sort of the side or, but I can't recall one. And I don't think Huddersfield did, but it just surprised me because those are the sort of conditions where you would kind of go, you know, just have a go. You know, it's, it's got to be worth an effort. Um, but yeah, the, you know, a good little routine. And clearly they're working on lots of things in training. Mm. Um, again, I referenced Tommy's um, post-match sort of um, interview with Radio Bristol. And he was talking about how he's now working daily with coaches to improve his own game Mm. and that felt more and you know I might be putting words in his mouth but felt more around a one-to-one Tommy this is what you need to be doing as opposed to a group so again then there's probably little things that are going on that we're not aware of as fans that hopefully in the coming weeks and months you'll see those improvements come to fruition yeah small small margins as exactly yeah Um, just after that City almost give a penalty away after the ball over the top Viner, Tanner and O'Leary all involved but it's ball to arm from Tanner but it could have been a penalty to Huddersfield we've seen those given Todd especially in the Premier League with VAR Yeah, and I and I don't know if it's if it's uh, Liam's intention to to have his line that high, but but of course when you're taking chance, you're taking a risk. It can leave you vulnerable on the backside. So, yeah, I think you know it's it it could be a lesson for for Liam as well to say, well, you know, with with three, you know, what can we do? How far can we go? So yeah, uh, chances like that will happen for the opposition. Um, if, if you're a little bit too high at times. Yeah. Okay, Matt, this is the moment uh, on the 58th minute, Sykes off, Pring on, that uh, that made me scratch my head a little bit because I yep. thought everything good in general was coming through Sykes. And we know that what how dangerous he can be. We know how quick he is. We know how he can shoot, get crosses in. Um, I just couldn't fathom it out. But on reflection, we've spoken about it a little bit already in terms of is was Tanner being too exposed? Was he thinking about Tuesday, Saturday? Was he thinking other things in terms of his GPS, his heart rate, and all of those statistics that get fired at them these days? Your your thoughts in the cold light of day and twenty four hours on? Surprised. Um, I thought Sykes was probably our most influential player, um, and and as I said, the. The success he was having with Jason Knight was, was was causing them all sorts of problems, less so in the second half than in the first half. Um, again, having having been there, there was a chorus of boos from from some fans, um, and chants of "You don't know what you're doing," which I find incredible. Bearing in mind that this is Liam Manning's fifth game or whatever it was, um, to hear that kind of negativity. Um, and I did. I'm not. I'm not going to dress it up. It's not about opinions or whatever. It's. A, I found it incredible. I couldn't believe there were fans that were chanting. You don't know what you're doing because he made that change. When clearly we we don't know whether there was a knock, whether as you say from a a GPS stat sort of running stats point of view. I think Ali Hines from what I've seen mentioned something on Robin's TV. Um, those kind of things the figures, the data is available almost immediately and they can see what's going on and they may have seen something that was happening they weren't happy with and they made the change. Personally, without knowing any of that, I wouldn't. I would probably have gone Sam Bell from that point of view. So Pringy coming on, I had no issue with necessarily, but it was just a bit of a surprise that it, it was for Sykesy and he didn't look happy about it, Patch. Um, 
and that's a couple straight of... down a tunnel whether he need the toilet or not i don't know well <laughs> but i think and 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 Tom sort of said that, oh, he's gone straight down the tunnel. I went, mate, he's absolutely saturated because of the conditions. Freezing cold, I guarantee he's gone straight down the tunnel to try and get warm. So, yeah, I didn't didn't put too much into that. But it was a surprise. And it would be interesting to to understand what the thinking was behind that. Was he asked afterwards? I didn't hear him. I don't think so. I I didn't hear that on Radio Bristol. And I don't know whether it was asked in the... The, the post-match sort of presses, but um, yeah, it would, it would be interesting, but, but, you know, I've seen um, Ian, Ian Gay sort of respond and said that, you know, potentially because of the, the, the games coming up on Tuesday and yeah. Saturday make, you know, makes total sense when you've yeah. got your most offensive player, as Todd was saying, putting the work that he's putting in the game time patch that he's played with Ireland as well. Mm. Maybe that's behind it, but it, it did feel an unusual decision at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in terms of the bring coming on, um, how did you how did that affect the the formation in terms of how how we lined up? Still the same for me. I think Pringy pushed right right up from a left hand side, almost playing that left midfield type role, um, and and Belly swapped across. So yeah, I did. I didn't see too much of a change in formation at all. Okay. And then on the 66 minute, Todd, uh, you see Joe Williams coming off, Taylor Gardner Hitman coming on, and Vyman off with Mimeti coming on. So like for like-ish in terms of those positions, but again, maybe looking ahead to to another couple of games coming up in the near future. Yeah, you have to be careful with how you manage your players. Uh the next two games are against uh clubs that are that are higher up on the table. And so, yeah, all of that makes sense, uh, especially with a, with them being on a road trip like that before coming home uh, and uh, nasty weather at the yeah. same time. Yeah. 73rd minute, Matt Bell cross just evades Conway and then Mimetti's shot is blocked. So City still obviously getting on the attack. Um, and, and Sam Bell was having a lot more joy in this game than we've seen in recent games. Yeah, he was. He, um, you know, he, Sam always puts a, a shift in, um, but he was starting to get some joy. And a, a couple of times, I, th- I think with Sam, when he plays that role, he needs to vary what he does. He, he he would come in a little bit too often. And so I think the defender found it a little bit easier and, and forced him to play a ball back to whether that was James or Williams. But he's got the pace and we know he's got the ability to go outside of him and put a left foot cross in and he needs to kind of vary that and, and realize what he's up against and give the, the, the defender those options. But um, it was an improved performance from Sam yesterday. Yeah. 77th minute, Todd, it was Knight's shot that was pushed wide after Conway's uh, Conway had the ball. He was slightly impeded, but Jason Knight getting his shot away um, and saved by the keeper. Jason Knight yesterday, we haven't really mentioned him that much in the, the, the comments so far, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic yesterday. Yeah, I think he's been solid. He's been a great pickup. Uh, we need more players like him, maybe in the next transfer window um, or even the transfer window after that. Um, yeah, he's he's sort of like the the silent assassin where he he's always there. He's always involved somehow. Um, whether it's not a direct pass or a direct shot, uh, you can tell that he influences the game in a positive way. Yeah, Matt, Jason Knight yesterday, I was just conscious we haven't really spoken about him, which which is incredible, really. And that, that was his, his shot that was that was saved, but he's done a lot more than, than the notes suggest. 
he's he's just pivotal to the the way that we play. Um, his energy, yeah, everything about him, um, he, he's just pivotal to it. So um, everything went, I, I, everything went through him yesterday, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, as I say, those early exchanges. He, he's a clever footballer as well, Patchy. He, he does put his foot in, he wins the ball, but he played two or three really, really good passes, disguised passes um, in for Sykesy to sort of run on to. So, yeah, no, he's a, he's, a, he's a very, very intelligent player, Jason Knight. Yeah, 81st minute, Cornick on, Bell off. I think that was just a roll of the dice and see see what what, Tom, what uh, Harry Cornick can bring to the game. Um, 88th minute, Matt, it was Mimetti. Very frustrating, this was. He takes on his man, gets a chance to shoot, but then tries to take him on again and the chance is gone. That was one that really, really got me. Yeah. An- Anis is a, a bit of a quandary in me at the moment. You, you, you can't help but question whether he has got the, the capability to play at this level um, because his decision-making at the moment... And it may be for a number of reasons. His confidence had been so low. Maybe that comes into it. But I do feel like Liam Manning is is trying to give him that self-belief because you're seeing lots of footage in training where it's focused on him and he's the one taking the shots and stuff. He just needed to get the, the shot away um, and he was delaying it. You know, he, he, he tried to beat him, beat him again. He just didn't need to do it. Um, and And... Lots of fans' patience have already run out with Anis. Um, I still think there there absolutely could be a player there, but he needs to start showing it right now regularly. Well, we have we have seen that, you know, that, yeah, those, Sunderland those, away, yeah, and and those first couple of games where he was doing dipping crosses into the box, and and he's he has had a number of shots. I think leads away as as well that springs to mind where he's close. Um, so he's definitely in there. It's just it is just that that confidence and decision making but as I say it's uh it, give him a bit more time with with Manning and the coaches and and uh, I'm sure there's got to be there's got to be a player in there and um and who's to say we might see a goal very very soon on on that one from Mimetti, and, and but... it's the sort of thing that might might that that sort of might make all the difference for him patch a goal yeah absolutely yeah, make, yeah. make a broader difference uh but that takes us to to the end of the game it's one one it's um it's a point on the road which is by default Todd, always a, a good result in terms of getting a point on the road, but you just felt like we should have won that one against Hudders- a Huddersfield team that uh, are struggling and with apart from a few flashes, weren't that great a team. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, they're a team at, in the lower end of the table. Uh, those are the ones that you, you want to win and uh, wish you had gotten another chance to do so, but I think they'll uh, learn a lesson from this and and continue on the road with the next game and then uh, and then come back home to uh, uh, hopefully steal a couple. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, um, Matt, that's uh, what we put out our tweet as we have done the past few games for the average prediction in terms of of uh, the team score, team rating. Um, you've got them all there, Todd. Do you want to give your your prediction for the average rating? Six being expected. Uh, and this is for the next match. No, for this for this game in terms oh. of the average rating per for the players. Well, I I think a couple of the players uh, probably closer to a seven, but I think as a whole, um, yeah, I would I would probably say about a six point five. 
Okay, that's a yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, Matt, I'm gonna go six point three five. Okay. <laughs> What else have we got? 6.50 for Todd and 6.35 for you. Right, so we've got uh, 23 um, predictions yet. So we've ranged Adam Gould, um, 6.8. Simon, off-spinner, 19, 6.66, as was Rodders. Uh, Claire Roberts, 6.53. Tim Knoll, 6.5. Todd, 6.5. Nick Marsh, 6.48. Mark Gingell, 6.45. Dear Drooper, <laughs> 6.444485. Thank you, Dear Drooper. Uh, Shane O'Connor, 6.4. Nick Davis, 6.36. Your Good Self, 6.35. Lee Williams, 6.33. Chris Charge, 6.30. Tom Rule, 6.30. Mark Britton, 6.27. Mark Powell, 6.15. Colin Sutton Sutz, 6.12345678. Sutz. <laughs> Uh, Dean Allen, 6.10. Dave No Mercy, 5.90. Ben Bond, Bond, Ben Bond, 5.71. Lee Theobald, 5.45. And Ellie Jones, 5.2. I think Ellie was influenced by me saying to her that um, it was two points dropped. Right, so... Um, Quite a spread there, but uh, a lot above six, which is good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, in fact, yeah, I mean, it was the the outliers, 6.8 Adam, and yeah, we only had four below six. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, again, it's it's that thing of, I think you also have to play in Huddersfield's not a great venue for us. Um, and they were on the back of, I think, a number of sort of games unbeaten. So um, picked up a couple of good results. So yeah, um, so we'll see where we go and obviously challenge accordingly. Um so, Max, I went six. Um, as I say, I, I was a little bit disappointed at times with some of his distribution, but not enough to knock him down from um, a, a six with, within the, the, the game. Um, from a defensive point of view, Rob Dickey, uh, in fact, let me start with George. So, George, I went five, and I, I felt a little bit harsh on George, but it's such a key moment again. Um, and there were a couple of times I think it was a penalty. I think um, we were really lucky to get away with that because his his hand is up by the side of his head almost mm. in a bit of a strange kind of position. So, um, and I just felt with George, some of his confidence, he, he, he went back a number of times when he, you know, he, he could have been going forward. So, yeah, I went five for George. For the two cent or the other two sorts of the, the three, Zach, I went seven. Thought it was a, a, a good performance from Zach. Really kept Huddersfield down to, to next to nothing. And then alongside him, Rob Dickey, who um, for me was man of the match. And I think from the club vote was man of the match as well. Um, I went an eight for Rob. I thought defensively he was sound. Um, but as Todd referenced earlier on as well, the way that he brought the ball out, the pass through for Vyman. And I'm not going to say Andy Vyman didn't have something to do with the ball across because he did, but the pass from Dickey allowed Vyman, you know, the option to be able to do that. So yeah, I thought Rob Dickey was, was, was really good yesterday. So an, an eight for Rob. Um, moving forward into the midfield. So Matty James, I went seven. Uh, I thought Matty controlled a lot of what we did. Um, again, keeping it very simple, things ticking over. Um, it, it's you, you can't 
you can underestimate what Matty James brings to this team with his experience and the way that he, all right, at times slows the game down, but he, he just knows when to play the right ball at times. Um, and I've not always been appreciative of that, but yeah, I, th- I thought Matty James was good yesterday. Uh, and Matt covered a lot of ground yesterday as well. He was sort of that, yeah. that, that quarterback at one point as well. He was up on the right-hand side with the ball out wide right. So he was really all over the place. And you say um, about him sort of slowing the game down. Sometimes I think he pr- that's on purpose, to slow definitely. the game down. Just yeah, definitely. Let's regroup. Let's, let's reposition ourselves. If He could probably tell if someone's out of position. He's given them that, that time to, to come back in. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, Joe Williams, I went six. Could have been a seven for Joe because of the effort that he put in, but actually still not enough in terms of um, creating those kind of chances. They they came more from, from Jason Knight, and for that reason, I went seven for Knighty. Um, again, you know, the way that I talked about, it, the way that he opened up the Huddersfield sort of defence um, and some of the passing into Mark Sykes was, was exceptional. So, yeah, six for Joe, seven for Jason. Sykes, seeing this, this one might be a little bit controversial, but I went eight for Mark Sykes because I thought he was really, really good offensively. Um, and maybe the substitution might warrant that being knocked down because it was, what, 50, 58, 59 minutes? Yeah. So might warrant that being knocked down. So I'll let, I'll let you boys debate that. But I just felt that offensively he was really, really good. But now thinking about it, did he make enough of those opportunities? So maybe... Maybe it was more of a seven than an eight, and especially with Dickie being probably the most outstanding player. Yeah, so, I, I, I think yeah. you've talked yourself into a seven there. And I you've think talked, I have, yeah. You've talked me into a... Because I was thinking, well, it's not his fault he came off, but you've talked me down into a seven as well, I think, in terms yeah. of the, the the end product. Yeah. But, uh, you know, certainly up there with our one of our best players for the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. Andy Vyman, Sam Bell, I went two sixes. I thought both both put in a shift. Both improved on their last performances. Um, so two sixes for them. And for Tommy, it, it probably would have been a six had it not been for that goal and then for the way that he was trying to put himself about. Um, again, re- really, I, I, you know, I, I keep saying that on here as well about this, but I am a massive Tommy Conway fan. But when you listen to him speaking, you know, we had the privilege patch, what, two seasons ago, talking to a young man who was just finding the start of, you know, the, the start of his professional game. Listening to him talk last night, he, he, he talks again very maturely, keen to really improve under Liam Manning um, and talks about how excited he is for the future. So, yeah, I went, I went seven for Tommy. And 90 um, minutes as well. Exactly. Yeah, good, a good big 90 minutes. And that was... An interesting one, Patch. Good, good point, well made. Because when Harry Cornick came on, you kind of thought again it would be for Tommy, and it wasn't. It was for Belly um, with Cornick going wide. So, yeah, no, important. And maybe there's an element of Liam Manning sort of trusting Tommy Conway and letting him know, look, no, you know, I'm I'm more than happy. You keep doing what you're doing, and and the goals will come. So, um. And then I think in terms of, of timing, the only one of the subs that, that would qualify um, was Cam Pring. Um, and Pringy, I went six. A little bit disappointed with Pringy's crossing, to be honest, and his offensive play. Defensively was was sound. I mean, there was one moment 
patching Todd, which was brilliant. Um, and I don't know if you'll recall it from the, the TV, but right near the end, he went into a challenge with the, the wide player for Huddersfield and they both ended up in the sort of hoardings. A Huddersfield fan had come down from like literally a dozen rows and then proceeded to chase Cam up the side of the pitch, gesticulating and clearly losing his marbles at him. <laughs> but even when Cam sort of went further away and then came back, he was still following after him. So <laughs> that, that brought a bit of light relief to the uh, the end of the game. Um, yeah, he, he was a, a very, very angry man. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I went I went six for, for, for Pringy. So Rob Dickey, man of the match. And interestingly, Rob now joined Zach in terms of both on five man of the matches for us, which right. I don't know what that says necessarily <laughs> about our season. Um, but yeah. So, it's, it says it says how important both of them are. Exactly that. I mean, this sounds like it could be a fix, doesn't it? But uh, overall, we do have someone who got it spot on um, in terms of that that rating. And maybe the fact there was two, two people. Okay. Um, so may, maybe we need to have uh, Todd back on because Todd got it <laughs> spot on with 6.5, as did Mr. Tim Knowles. So, yeah, okay. um, well done, Todd. Six point five in that both of them got it nailed on. Yeah, he's obviously been intently listening to the podcast and knows exactly what's going to come out of your mouth, Matt. In terms knows of ratings, the, knows the way I rate. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, <laughs> happy days. Brilliant. Um, how about Mister Manning? So for Liam, I've gone six. Um, probably would be a six point five for him as well. Um, in all honesty, but because we don't do the points, I, I, I like um, what you're saying about the formations. We, it was it was very unlikely that Nige would deviate from a formation once he settled on it. Um yeah. and you know, I was kind of get thinking that would be the case with the four two three one with Liam Manning, but we've seen five four one at Southampton, we've seen three four three now at Huddersfield. And and I think you have to set up differently for different teams, different styles, different personnel available to you. Um and for me yesterday, that got more out of Andy Vyman and Tommy Conway. Definitely. Um, and I think it shows that he's very much a, a thinking coach who, who looks at, at, at what's there. Um, and, and I expect to see a slightly different shape again on Tuesday. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably go different again because of the way that Blackburn like to play, the way that they set up. But, you know, I'm, I, I, again, people can say whatever they want to say in terms of why, why I might say what I say. But... I really like what I see and hear from Liam Manning. Every time I've heard him speak, I've been impressed with what he said. He doesn't um, he doesn't say things for the sake of it. You know, he calls things out um, as he sees them. And there's a really good thread on 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 OTIB that I saw. Um, that, that again, a, a lad on there is, is is talking about how he's been impressed. Was very much a Nigel Pearson fan, but feels the way that Liam Manning has got this same squad of players dominating the ball um, is, is you know, actually pretty impressive. And certainly some of our mates who we knew were, were very much in the um, wanting a change, um, you know, they're, they're impressed with what they're seeing. And you can't, you can't doubt the fact we are playing more football. But again, lots of comments in the crowd yesterday about getting the ball forward and quicker. 
And I would agree with some of that about the speed. We do need to up the tempo at times. In the last 10 but, minutes, I was thinking that, come on, we're 1-1. We're we can win this. Yeah. Let's get the ball forward. Let's not, let's not play around with the back in the back too much. That's the only time where I thought I'm getting a bit impatient. But I don't, I don't see the way that we play it across the back now isn't just between Viner and Dickey. No. And then out to Tanner or out to Pring. It is with a purpose a lot of the time. And case in point was with Dickey bringing the ball out. So I do think that that is only going to improve. And then, as as Todd said, you've got McCrory potentially a matter of weeks away. Um, great to see him, you know, in some of the, 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 the um, training montages that have been on there. But he looks the sort of physical, imposing player that if he can maraud, a bit, a bit like Pringy on the other side as well, if you can get them going up and down in, you know, creating stuff, then you've got Rob Atkinson to add into the mix. That if Zach Viner or Rob Dickey drop a little bit of form, mm. you've got another quality player there. So, competition. yeah, you know, and we're, what are we, 14th? Yeah. Um, four points off of a playoff position, but admittedly seven points off the other end. So Matt, yeah, two massive games coming up uh, with Blackburn and Sunderland, two teams doing really well. So that's going to be a even bigger test. If we can come out of those games with, with anything, um, you know, what are your expectations, Matt, first from, from those two games in, in terms of points? Two, probably. I think Blackburn will do well, even though we've got a reasonable record away at Blackburn. Um, I feel like I've seen a, a, a good couple of victories there. Um, but Sunderland will be tough. They're, they're a good side. But going through their own transition, having got rid of Tony Mowbray, I know they got mm. a win the weekend. Um, but, you know, they, they haven't got a, a new manager yet, so that will be interesting. So um, great to think we could get four. Um, dependent on which way yeah. round we get the win. Um, but, you know, if we can get a minimum of two, I'd be okay with that, I have to say. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's four, picking up a point away at Blackburn and then always want to win our home games. And I think we can. Um, so four for me. Todd, your expectations of the next couple of games? Yeah, I agree with that. I think at least two draws, and if not, maybe a win and a draw, that's that's probably what I would expect. Yeah. And what you said, Matt, about Liam Manning as well, just I just found his his statement that they that they put on the Twitter for uh, for the end of the game yesterday. We can't keep talking around waiting to do things or hoping things happen. We have to make it happen. We have to work so hard to create terrific opportunities, whereas we're giving away cheap goals to the opposition at the minute. And Todd, that's exactly what we've said. So we're, we're aligned in terms of, of, of what we're saying. And you know, some managers wouldn't come out and actually say that and be that honest, but he, he seems to be understanding what's going on here. Yeah, I, I think that's evident in the players talking about him actually being more of a hands-on coach, being on the field or on the pitch. Um, and and it, it seems like he's getting to know the players on a more personal level. And uh, and yeah, I, I think there was an interview with, with Dickey uh, where he mentioned that at times during the game under this coach, there can be t- uh, periods where they're they're a little bit deflated and and energy or you know uh, you know tr- you know trying to make things happen. So I think if they can you know band together and 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 pick each other up uh, th- throughout the ebbs and flows of the game, then I'll, I think they'll be in good standing. 
Matt, the, the number of unforced errors that we've spoken about, I just hope that that doesn't become something that affects their mental strength and, and they'll be almost so frightened to make those sort of errors. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that... I mean, Tanner's was slightly different yesterday, but I think the the Viner one, the, the, the own goal from Tanner, the slip from Tanner, I think that that's just part and parcel of the game almost, isn't it? I don't mm. think it was because they were trying anything elaborate or, or being brave on the ball as such. Um, but, you know, as you say, Liam Manning is is determined that they work through that. Um, and if they can cut those kind of mistakes out, then we are going to win games. You Absolutely. know, there's no two ways about it. You don't, you can't dominate the ball and get the chances that we do and not win more games than you don't. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, as ever, thanks to everyone for listening. Todd, it's been a pleasure uh, to get to know you over the last week. <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast. It's uh, it's always nice to hear when people are listening from all four corners of the globe. It's, uh, it's, well, it's amazing, quite frankly. So thanks for listening and thanks for picking Bristol City. Thanks for having me. Pleasure's all mine. Great thanks so much, Todd. Thanks, Matt. Take care. And thanks, we'll uh, be back on Wednesday or Thursday with uh, a Blackburn rundown. But for now, follow us over on Twitter or X at 3PIAPC. And Todd, the reason you got in touch was to ask about this song coming up now. So it's Burning Up the Sun by the Silhouette Showgirls. Um, but here it is. Thanks for listening, everybody, and take care. <laughs>